Welcome to the Rock Christian Church Podcast. Today's message is A Positive Attitude by Pastor Sonia Simpson. Have you ever had a day when you've woken up and had a really whingy attitude, really sucky, complaining attitude, and your day just gets worse and worse and worse? Have you experienced that? And on the flip side, have you actually woken up with a really thankful heart, you know, giving praise to God, with a song on your lips, and you just have this joy in your heart, a spring in your step, and you get out the door, and your day just gets better and better. You have this smooth run in traffic. You get all the green lights, you know, and you get a great parking spot, and then people are running to open the door for you, and your day is just reflecting back to you your attitude. Have you experienced that? I can see there's a difference, you know, there's two worlds, there's separate worlds for people who choose to have these attitudes. And there's a great example of this in the Bible. I love this story. It's from Numbers 13, and it talks about Moses sends out these 12 spies to the land of Canaan to scout the land, because that was the promised land. And two of the spies come back with a very positive report, with a very positive attitude, and that was... Uh, Joshua and Caleb. And he says, yes, we've seen the land. We definitely can take this land. We can well, well take it. We're well able. And what does the other 10 spies come back with? It's the same land. It's the same situation, the same circumstances. And they come back with very negative reports saying, oh, we've seen giants out there and it's, they're way bigger than us. They're way stronger than us. We're not going to be able to take this land Um, they're going to actually destroy us. So guess who inherits the promised land? The two spies, yes, Joshua and Caleb. They were the ones who come back with a positive attitude and they believe they can do it because God's helping them. And they're the ones that make it to uh, to the promised land. You receive what you perceive. So there was two lots of uh, perceptions there, two very different perceptions. And the ones that perceive that they could get it, they do. I love what Henry Ford says here. It's a very famous poem. A lot of you must have heard of it, but I love what he says. He says, if you think you can do a thing or think you can't do a thing, you're right. So you're right either way. If you believe you can do a thing, you will. And if not, you can't. How cool is that, hey? So um, there's another story in Numbers that actually brings this out in a more clearer way, and I'm going to ask you guys to just get to our key scripture passage for tonight, which is Numbers 13, verses 1 to 5. Let's see if I can read that. So that night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. And then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. So what's happening in this story here is that the Israelites are, they've just left Egypt, and they are making their way to the promised land under the uh, leadership of Moses and Aaron. 
and they're complaining. So they've just seen God part the Red Sea. They're not excited about the manna anymore. They've had God to actually take water out of the rocks, and they're still complaining. Do you know one definition of complaining actually means to stay overnight, to remain? So what does, what's happening here to the Israelites? They grumbled, and then they got to stay, spend one more night in the wilderness. And they grumbled again, and they've got to stay another night. And they got to spend another night. So every time they grumbled, they got to stay overnight in the desert, in the wilderness. So this turned out to be 40, 40 years of nights. So what should have been a journey of about 11 days approximately kind of turned into a 40-year journey. And some of them actually didn't even make it to the promised land. It says, uh, there's research that says about 2.5 million Israelites were making their journey into the promised land, and only two men from that generation actually made it. And that was Joshua and Caleb. So the others, because of their unbelief, as Pastor Sean was saying this morning, didn't make it to the promised land because they complained, and complaining was a sign of their unbelief because they believed that God was not going to help in their situation, whereas Joshua and Caleb were the only two men from their generation who makes it to the promised land. So I'm thinking tonight, I'm wondering, what is your promised land and what is my promised land? And are we, with our complaining and grumbling, causing us to stay and remain in the wilderness and, it, and actually preventing us from making it into our own promised land? So, um, what, so what is the cure for complaining? We do the opposite, Right? So the cure for complaining is actually giving thanks. The Bible says the word thanks actually occurs 117 times in the Bible, and about 63 of that says to give thanks. So it's not just good enough to say, I'm a thankful person. It actually means that you need to open your mouth and say so, and say thank you not just to God but to people. Because it's, we need to appreciate when someone does even the smallest thing, it's good to say thank you to them. It actually builds good relationships. And I can vouch for that. Because being a youth pastor, I actually have to lead teams of people, and I know how important having good relationships is to be an effective leader. Because I need to have good relationships with my team members and also for the young people that I work with. So there's an example of this. If you actually, I, I actually urge you, if you want to build good relationships, find just one positive thing about a person, or even half a positive thing about a person, and just make a huge deal about it, okay? Just go all out about that positive thing, and just see what happens. It will transform your relationship. And I mean that it could be your spouse, it could be a work colleague, it could be your siblings, it could be your kids. It could be anyone, you know, you're dealing with. Just focus on their positives. Because it says what you focus on actually grows. So if you focus on the positive, the positive will grow. And if you focus on the negative, the negative will grow. (laughs) And I can give you examples of this from my personal life, especially in my working life. So I deal with a lot of uh, students being a chappy, and they're usually sent to my chapel room by principals and teachers because of their misbehaviors. 
and bad behaviors. So when they come into my office, I don't just go and ask them, what did you get into trouble for? I don't focus on the negative. And I don't just start asking them what happened and you know, start talking about that stuff. I just thank them for coming to see me. I just take the conversation in a whole different direction. And I say, thank you so much for coming to see me. And it's so great to have your company here. You know, it's so good to spend this time with you. And I really appreciate you being here. And the whole conversation kind of just goes into a whole new direction. Because uh, the child feels appreciated. And I'm not, you know, finding fault with the child. I'm uh, focusing on their positive. I'm appreciating them for being there. And then the the child, the student actually starts to feel really comfortable and lets their guard down and they can actually then tell me their real issues because the behavior is just the tip of the iceberg, right? There's stuff that's going on underneath, which is the underlying cause of why they're acting out that way. And so then they'll tell me, Miss, this is actually what happened. And then I can then address and help them, you know? So it actually really helps to see the positive because um, this is the scripture. Uh, Philippians 2.5 says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So it's saying the same attitude that's in Jesus should be in us. And what's, Jesus, what's the attitude that Jesus has? He sees the best in people, right? He treats people as they're worth and not as they deserve. He does that with you and I, Right? And so we should do the same for others. We should treat people as they're worth and not as they deserve. We need to see the best in their people. We, we need to actually focus on their positives. And, you know, when, when you believe in someone, you actually bring out their best, right? People rise and fall to the expectations you have of them. So let's expect good things out of people. Let's see the best in them because that's what you will extract from them. So this is a great tool if you want to have good relationships and see the best in people. And I want to stay away from all complaining and grumbling because complaining actually opens the door to the enemy. Complaining is a sin. Because when you're complaining, you're not doing it out of faith, right? It's not of faith. So anything that's not of faith is a sin. And Paul says to do all things without grumbling. So when it says all, I believe the word means all. So it is possible, it is doable. So you can do all things. If if it's saying, if he's saying that, it means it can it can be done. So we can adopt an attitude of gratitude if we practice it. I wasn't always a very grateful person, but today I just give thanks to God all all the time, constantly, and I'm not even sure why I'm thanking him sometimes, but I just, you know, wake up thanking. So sorry. And this is, again, another thing God asks us to do in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. I love what it says here. It says to give thanks in all circumstances. It means that this is his will. Sometimes we're actually looking for our specific will in our lives, like, you know, what's our calling, what does God want to do with us, you know, in terms of our work, what's our purpose, um, who are we meant to marry, and, you know, what kind of work are we meant to do. We ask very specific questions, but if you have to start with God's general will, it says, 
Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So I think if we start with just fulfilling God's general will, which is to give thanks, I think he will reveal the most specific things to us if we get that first step right. I think that's how I see it. You know, if God can say, okay, you're doing this first foundation step right, then I can show you more, and I can give you the next step. Sorry, I just go back here. Yes, so, and it also says, do not, in Thessalonians 19, it says, do not quench the spirit. So when we complain, we are actually quenching the spirit. What happens is that we have a situation where we ask God to help us, and then we go and complain. We actually shut the door on the Holy Spirit's face because we are actually hindering the work of the Holy Spirit by complaining. And not just that, we're not actually only shutting the door on the, uh, on the Holy Spirit, we're actually opening the door to the enemy because sin is, uh, complaining is a sin. So when you complain, you're sinning and you're opening the door to the enemy. And you don't want to do that, right? You want the Holy Spirit to be working in your life. You don't want to close and shut the door on the Holy Spirit. Um, and I love the story of Daniel. He, used, he was the guy in the, in the Bible that actually gave thanks to God. He prayed three times a day. So he would go up to his upper chamber. He used to go get on his knees, and he'd be praying and giving thanks three times a day. And even when they were, he was told that he would be thrown into the lion's den, and he didn't actually even you know, listen to that. He just kept doing what he was doing. And God delivered him from that and actually promoted him. Daniel kept getting promoted and promoted and promoted. He actually wore out three kings because he had this attitude of, I'm just going to give thanks no matter what's happening. So when the enemy is coming to attack us, I wonder if we could just give thanks in our situation. I wonder how God could change that around for us. There could be such a shift in our lives if we just didn't open the door to the enemy, but let the Holy Spirit continue to work in that situation. You know, so I think... I love the story of Daniel. It really kind of inspires me. And there's so many uh, characters in the Bible that had great attitudes. Like there was Ruth, there was Esther, and there's books written on them. But then there's some characters you read in the Bible and it just goes for a couple of pages and they disappear. And you think, what happened to them? (laughs) Because they just had not a very good attitude and they don't stay in the story. And I I, I, I think we all want to be in the story, right? We want to stay in the story. So we need to have an attitude of thanks instead of complaining and instead of, you know, grumbling. And just to close up, I'm not sure how I've gone with not having notes, but I think I've covered everything. Um, I just wanted to end with this great story on Jehoshaphat. I think I've got that right. I was practicing saying Jehoshaphat. I was thinking, why can't they just name them Fred and Jack? And <laughs> why do they have these confusing, complicated names? <laughs> I was telling Liz. <laughs> she said, yeah, it'd be easier if, you just, if they were just called Jack, hey, <laughs> Jack and John. But, um, yeah, I love the stories of how Thanksgiving actually opens, uh, helps you to be delivered from your enemy. And Jehoshaphat's story is such a classic example of that. So Jehoshaphat is actually being faced by three very strong armies of enemies coming against him. And he prays to God and asks for advice. And then God says, um, do not worry, do not fear, because I am with you. Uh, this is, I'm going to fight your battle. This is, you're not going to fight this battle. The battle belongs to the Lord. And he says, you just take your position. 
And what was the position? Jehoshaphat needed to be bowing down, worshiping, and thanking God. That was his position. So here there's three <clears throat> huge armies coming against him, and all Jeho- Jehoshaphat's um, army does is to march along, saying, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. And guess what happens? The Bible said the enemies get so confused that they start killing each other. (laughs) How good is that? (laughs) So if you want to confuse your enemies, just give thanks to God (laughs) in your situation. And that is spiritual warfare one-on-one, actually. You don't have to do too much there. It's just giving thanks. So I think I'm going to close here because I'm not sure how I've gone, but I think I've covered everything. So it's, I really want to say that be thankful because if you're thankful, that is the road to victory. It is the road to your promised land. Okay, so let's just close in prayer. Um, <clears throat> so dear God, we just repent of all the times we have complained and quenched the Holy Spirit. Help us through the power of your Holy Spirit to have an attitude like Jesus had. An attitude of thankfulness, humility, love, and servanthood. We thank you, Lord, for all you do for us. And we bless you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rock Christian Church Podcast. To be notified when the next episode is available, subscribe on our website at therock.org.au. You can also connect with us on Facebook at The Rock Christian Church. We hope you have been blessed today and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.